1: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9
0: with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello! Happy Ash Wednesday. Yes. It's a weird thing to Happy wish somebody, isn't Ash it? Ash Wednesday yeah. to you. It's the beginning of Lent. Good luck, everybody, if you are making a sacrifice for the next 40 days. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of After 9. We have a lot to get to in this episode, including, but not limited to zombies. I love zombie talk. We are going to talk about oil and we're going to talk about pizza and stupid people and four-day work weeks and so much more all in this episode of after nine. I love it. First off, I know that you're on a uh, booze prohibition of sorts. Well,
1: it's funny. You mentioned Len, and it's kind of like a Len thing, but I started it like a week and a half ago. It was, yeah, it's been like a week and a half um, that I'm, I'm off the wine until I'm taking a trip to Vegas. So it's, it's actually going to be longer than Lent uh, that I'm giving up wine. Yeah.
0: National Margarita Day. Thumbs okay. up or down on margaritas? The margs. Um,
1: I don't go out of my way to order margaritas. My husband likes margaritas, actually. Really? M- much more than me. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, mm, which is weird because I'm a citrus person. Like, I do like citrus. I, I do. I like a limey taste, but I won't opt for it. Like on a menu, it's not the first thing I'm going for.
0: That's interesting that your husband likes them. Let me ask you. Typically, margaritas have that connotation, that that. That asterisk on them, like they're girl drinks, and and typically you don't see a lot of guys ordering them. But I think a guy who does order it, that's nothing but pure confidence. Is he good with doing it or does he try and hide it when he's around the boys?
1: No, I mean, I don't know if he orders it out at restaurants. Like he buys like the cans. Like he'll buy like the Jose Cuervo cans oh, really? And, like, treat himself to those. Um, the premixes, that kind of thing. I don't really, I've never seen him order a margarita at a restaurant before. Hmm. Um, but anyway, he doesn't even love them that much. I just mean like out of the two of us, he'd do it. I, I'm not a big margarita person. I don't like daiquiris, margaritas. I, I'm i kind of like straight, if, if if anything, like hard liquor, tequila, a little less, more so whiskey girl.
0: I want to do two quick public service announcements. Number one, today is pink shirt day. No, wearing a pink shirt will not end bullying, but it's a good way to keep it top of mind. Yeah, I think so
1: too. I mean, it's a story that dates back, what, several years ago now. It's a a kid in high school wore a pink shirt, got bullied. And in... So solidarity of, of, standing up for this boy and standing up against bullying, um, his classmates all decided to wear pink to stand up for him. And I like that. I just like that thought of like, why sit there and watch someone get bullied. And I think we've all been there, right? Looking back, we've all been there where we've just sat around watching someone get bullied and done nothing. This is kind of a way to like show that, Hey, I I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm, I'm against it. So no bullies around me. None of that. Um, and that's one way that we can do it is to kind of just remind people and keep it top of mind, then that's great. Well, does it work on the young people in the schools and stuff like that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I'd like to think so and hope so that, that it keeps it top of mind and keeps bullying away. But we all know bullying
0: is a problem. The other thing I want to mention is our friends at the Humane Society, this one of Kitchener, Waterloo and Stratford, Perth. They urgently need foster homes. They've got 16 large breed dogs between their two facilities in Kitchener and Waterloo. 16 of them that need a foster home. So ideally, they'd like to find a forever home, but if you can't do that, Are you able to foster? And Mm -hmm. they supply everything, all the medical attention, all the food, all the everything the dog needs. They provide it for you. They just don't have room or the staff Mm -hmm. at their facilities to keep these dogs. So if you're interested, if you're flirting with the idea of adopting a pet, uh, maybe consider this because they've got 16 that need a foster home right now.
1: Yeah, it's tough, I think, for some people to wrap their mind around. And I get it because for me, the biggest fear would be like. Then I have to say goodbye to the dog when the dog leaves and and there's a lot of emotions that are involved. Some of these dogs, yes, have to be involved in specific homes, by the way. It's not like you can just enter a dog into any old home, kids, pet, other pets, whatever. All those factors matter. But like Scott said, there are 16 of them and I was reading a bit about them and there's kind of something for everyone in there. So if you do have young kids, there may be one available to you. If you don't, that you might be a perfect match for another dog. But uh, if you are flirting with it, like Scott said, all
0: all of the information is up at the website and they're happy to chat with you. Why is this happening? Is it because people can't afford their pets anymore?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I also, these could be transferred pets. Did, I don't know if this press release said specifically, because sometimes they'll let you know. What happens is a lot of the time, humane societies, and there's a large one here, specifically the KW uh, Humane Society at Stratford, Perth, have large facilities. Very, very lucky to have those large facilities for dogs. So sometimes what happens is smaller towns, all it takes is for them to... Uh, get a call or find uh, strays or a family of kids, whatever it is, and there's too many of them for that center to handle. So there's transfers, and they will accept them. So they'll get a call from anywhere. It could be across Ontario or across Canada and say, hey, do you have room for, you know, whatever. And in this particular case, maybe there were several dogs brought in from another place. So maybe it's like a mix of everything. Maybe this is, maybe that is one of the reasons. Maybe people feel like they can't afford it or they're moving... They can't afford their home. So they're moving into spaces that don't can't allow dogs. I mean, there could be a number of reasons why
0: it's I'm going to speculate that it does have a lot to do with the cost of living. And we got proof of that yesterday. Stats can release the annual inflation numbers and inflation, which was up a a lot. What was it like over seven, close to eight at one point at the height? It's now down to five point nine. And a lot of people are saying, oh, that's great. That's that's proof that what we're doing is working. I don't know that it is. The overall inflation rate is down to 5.9%, but when you look at what affects the middle class, all of us every single day, groceries up to 11.4% inflation. 11.4 from the same period last year. Also up, gas, also up, cost of living. Those are the big three things that affect people on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm-hmm. I got a tweet from somebody yesterday when I tweeted out the inflation numbers that said his mortgage went from 1900 a month to 2700 a month. He's had to take out a part-time job. He and his girlfriend both have great jobs. She works as a nurse, and he still has to take out a second job to be able to afford the home that they could afford no problem within the last year. And there's a lot of people that are in that same boat, 11.4% inflation on groceries, and nobody is asking for the, the uh, grocery companies to come forward and explain the math. I don't understand why. Jagmeet Singh from the NDP has been calling for this for a long time. Get these grocery executives, get Galen Weston himself in here, not his CFO, get him in here and explain how this is happening, why this is happening. Do you think we would ever get the truth? Do you think they're ever going to say, yeah, we're allowed to make a profit, so we raise the price on a few things? Or will they just snow us with a bunch of bullshit?
1: Oh, I think it's going to be a hole, but get ready for the bullshit that's about to come our way. I don't know if I believe it all, you know? Um, Maybe some of it's true, but I don't don't believe that.
0: Not 11.4%. Not on just about every single thing in the store. Not when they're making record profits. It it just doesn't add up. And uh, the middle class is just getting squeezed so badly. It's just awful. Let me ask you though, would Superstore, Loblaws, since we're talking about Galen, would that be a good place to go in a zombie apocalypse?
1: Mm, I mean, there's, food's great. Food's needed. We all know this. Yeah. So I'm thinking of that. Um, If anything, Scott, like the real Canadian Superstore types. Yes. Okay. The regular grocery stores, No.
0: Okay, so let's use the example of a real Canadian superstore. You've probably got your your pharmacy section. That checks a lot of boxes. You've got your groceries, obviously. You've got your Joe Fresh, so you'll always have fresh socks and underwear and sleepers for the kids. Do they have enough survival supplies? Like, I mean, like weapons and shit? Because I've had this conversation with people in the past where if the zombie apocalypse happens, and I'm about to tell you how many people think it will soon, <laughs> I think we need to have a plan. And I've always maintained Canadian Tire would be the best place to go. Generally, the the outdoor area. What is that area for uh, gardening center? Yeah, the garden center. That's usually fenced in. So, OK, that'll huh. keep the walkers out. And and if you need to, <laughs> m- most of them have hunting supplies and they've got survival gear. And I thought Canadian Tire is perfect. There's even a little bit of food. Even for pets. I think Canadian Tire's perfect. But Kat wants to go to Costco if there's a zombie apocalypse. Okay,
1: Costco. Big, thick walls. Can't come in there. There's only a few doors, like entrances and exits, so that's a good thing. You could easily barricade what's there. And then once you're inside, my God, the possibilities are endless. You've got food, a shit ton, literally all the way to the ceiling. And it's a very tall ceiling, so you don't need to worry about starving to death. There's beds and couches in a lot of cases as well. There's games to play. There's jeans to try on. <laughs> I mean, the, again, the possibilities for me, Costco, great. That is where I would go. I would need to make sure, obviously, that the safety and security is in place for it. But yeah, I mean, food, like that's the the essential shit. You'll be fine. You'll be good
0: there. Because of The Last of Us. I'm told it's a fantastic video game and that the show, based on the video game, is very well done. I've only seen two episodes of The Last of Us, and I enjoyed them, but I didn't see them in order. I haven't watched from the beginning of the series. Oh, you've got to go back and watch it. Everybody tells me that. Is it that good? Oh, it's very good. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. good. So it's based on a video game, for those
1: that don't know. It was a video game first, The Last of Us, and then they turn it into a show. And a lot of people, understandably, who are gamers we're skeptical that this show would be true to the actual video game but so far that is not correct at all i was watching a lot of like a lot of tiktokers will post like side by side even scenes to a t the words that are said with the characters are said in the show like it's insane so there's that and it's the exact same premise exact same setup exact same characters so far has been completely true to the video game but yeah it's it's a different kind i mean if you're a fan of the walking dead it's a little it's a little different Um, They're infected, and that's what they call them. They don't call them walkers. Like every every um, movie and and TV show surrounding zombies calls them something different. I think people know that and realize that. For them, it's the infected. Uh, Most people call it that, but everyone has a different one. And for them, there's different stages of it, which is interesting because it all starts with fungus, with a mushroom.
0: It all starts with fungus.
1: Well, it starts with fungus, and this is something that scientists believe, and this, this is why people believe it could actually happen, is because it's true that it's possible that if this happened, it has to, it has something to do with temperature of the earth and everything else that an infection could start. Would it be this outcome? I don't know, but that's where, that's what it's all about is a fungus that attacks the body. So the longer that you're in this state of infection, there's certain versions of these zombies, if you will, that are freaky, man. Like to the point where they grow this weird mushroom thing on their head and then they're running. They're not fucking walkers because they're not walking, Scott. They're fucking running and it's scary as shit.
0: That is freaky. And
1: at times they're in like dormant states too. Oh. And, and it has nothing to do with sun or, 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 or dark or anything like that at, at times. But there's there's moments where they're all in dormant states. So there's been scenes that are so freaky to me. if I saw them in real life where they're all kind of laying da- down on the road and there's hundreds, if not thousands of them. And then all of a sudden all it takes is that one thing and they all wake up and they're running towards you. Oh, God. It's creepy.
0: I don't like that at all. But uh. I will still probably watch nonetheless. So get this. 24 percent, one in four, do not think it's weird to prepare for a zombie apocalypse. One in four want to normalize planning in case it goes down. That means one in four either have or would have the same conversation that we're about to have. One in ten think there will someday be a zombie apocalypse. Of those people, 70 percent believe it'll happen within the next 30 years. One in 10 of those people think zombies already exist. I've never seen any evidence of that. I've seen some people that were pretty strung out on drugs wandering around downtown, but I don't think I've ever seen an actual zombie wandering. So what do we do if that actually goes down? Let's let's take a trip down this path. 53% say they know how to kill a zombie. The other forty seven percent do not. So they're definitely future zombies themselves.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing is we but we know from what we've seen on in like movies and TV shows. That's how we know. But everything is the same, Scott, and that you gotta get them in the brain. Everybody knows that. It's
0: gotta gotta be a head injury, right? It's gotta be
1: a kill go for the kill shot, head injury, stab him in the brain.
0: So one of the questions they ask people who are preparing for the zombie apocalypse What's your top weapon of choice? Mm. A shotgun was number 1. Yeah. Followed by a handgun. Now, when we talked about this on our radio shows this morning, you pointed out, that's a bad mm. idea. It Guns bad are idea. not good. It is a bad idea, especially
1: shotgun. Like, come on. If anything, like an automatic with a sil- or or si- something with a silencer. You can't make that much noise. Don't people understand how this works? You're going to set out a notification to all the other zombies that that that's where you are and you just killed one of them. So Congratulations, you just made it worse for yourself.
0: Shotgun and handgun were one and two, followed by a bat, baseball bat, a machete, yeah. crossbow. Well, that's silent and that would be effective, but reloading can be an issue.
1: And aim is an issue. Like I don't trust my aim enough. I really have to, like, you wanna go Daryl Dixon, you gotta get a lot of practice. Sword, axe,
0: knife, and grenade also made the top 10. I don't know where people figure they're going to get grenades. Maybe they're just going to raid like an army barracks or something like that. But I would suggest that using a grenade on anything less than 10 or 20 of them at once <laughs> is probably a waste it's a, of a grenade.
1: It is a waste of a grenade. Can I just say too, all of this does also depend on how fast it moves. I mean, if we're talking walkers walking dead, I'm going knife. I'm going knife. I have confidence. I can grab you by the collar, stab you in the head. That's fine. Like, I think that that's okay. I'd be okay with that. Knife slash machete, maybe, maybe. But if they're coming, if they're coming at you quick, if it's like if it's like the, the clickers and the bloaters and all the other things they call them in The Last of Us, the runners, the, the ones in I Am Legend, ah, be dead in a second trying to stab them dead in a second. Hmm.
0: No, I really got to watch this show. You're getting me curious here. Uh, the average person figures that if it were a full blown worldwide zombie apocalypse, they could probably kill about thirty nine zombies a day. Well, that's pretty ambitious. I don't even know if you would come across 39 zombies a day. The world is a very big place. And if you do your best to stay away from where people are, if you go fairly remote, I don't think you'd encounter very many zombies. You might be able to live a fairly peaceful, quiet life. Yeah, and you know
1: what? That's not a bad idea either. I mean, you know that it's going to be a quiet life. You have to know that that's what it's going to be for you. But hey... That might be perfect for some people. That might actually be better than whatever you're living right now for you.
0: If a loved one got turned into a zombie, Mm -hmm. would you do it? Would you take them out? Tough question, especially when it's someone you know. Kat, what if I turned into a zombie? Would you take me out? Would you
1: want me to take you? Wouldn't you want me to take you out?
0: You stay the fuck away from me (laughs) because I know you would. I know you're thinking about it to sound nice, but you would take me out without even thinking well, twice. if
1: you're going to hurt someone, including myself, yeah, of course I'm going to. You don't want to live your, that's not even a life, too. It's like un, you're the undead, right? No one wants to live like that or partially live like that. You know what I mean? I No. I, I mean, I would want you to take me out if I'm in that state. So You would? Yeah. Yeah, specifically if I'm a zombie and you know 100% that I'm a zombie.
0: But how do you know that there's not a cure somewhere in Washington or Ottawa and all we have to do is get there and unlock the cure and I just give you a little shot and boom, you're back to normal. Are you going to keep me in like a container the entire time? No, I'm going to lock you in the podcast studio. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and record something. (laughs) Uh, uh. Yeah, no, I, I, no, thank
1: you. No, no.
0: Two-thirds said they would take out a loved one if their loved one turned. Yep. Two-thirds of well, people. you
1: have to. They're going to hurt someone. You have to get over it. And haven't you seen the shows and movies where they, try, like, chain up their loved ones and they keep them? They're, yeah. Like, they keep them in the basement and mm-hmm. feed them people. Guess what? It always goes awry. Yeah. Always. They end up killing you or other people you know. They escape. Not good. Shoot them in the head.
0: The... Five series or movies that got the most votes for being the most accurate depiction of zombies. Number one was The Walking Dead. 28 Days Later was number two, World War Z, I Am Legend, Zombieland. The Last of Us, the new one that inspired this whole poll, came in 10th on the list. It's amazing that people think there's nine shows better than The Last of Us that depict zombies accurately. I uh, get
1: it all depends on the infection, though, because all of these have different backstories as to how these these zombies became zombies. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's nuclear. Others, uh, others, it's a virus. Some it's a fungus. How did they get infected? I mean, all those things would translate into different zombies. You know what I mean? Different ways that you would be a zombie. It's very interesting.
0: I love these. What if conversations? Me too. Mm, Be good. What happened in Milton on the weekend? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm wondering. And I find that there's a lot of people who are curious about this. We got a lot of texts about it throughout the day yesterday. Yeah, we talked
1: about it yesterday on the podcast. And really, that's how I learned some more about it, because I knew a little bit. But when we talked about it yesterday, I learned a little bit more. And the more I think about it, the more I stand by, why do we have the laws we have in Canada?
0: Well, for those who missed it, here's the story. The lawyer for the 22-year-old man that was charged with second-degree murder in the fatal shooting in Milton over the weekend says his client was simply protecting himself and his mother during a home invasion. Ali Mian appeared in court yesterday. He was remanded into custody until his next court appearance, which is tomorrow. Mian is going to argue that that shooting early Sunday morning in Milton was self-defense, armed intruders broke into his house. There's a couple of things that are strange about this. Initially, police felt it was targeted, and now I'm not seeing the word targeted in their media releases or communication. So I don't know if it was or it really was just random. These fuckers broke into the wrong house. They broke into the home of a licensed gun owner, and this licensed gun owner, 22-year-old, Knew his mom was in the house, he heard people breaking in, and he decided, hell nah, it's not going down like this. He shot and killed one of the intruders. Now he's been charged with second-degree murder. Now, if it's as cut and dried as we're making it sound right now, bad guys randomly broke in, tried to rob the place, His he was in danger, his mother was in danger, and he protected them by firing a shot, and that ended the situation. One person got killed, but it ended the situation. If that's the case, I don't understand the murder charge. But I also don't know what happened when he confronted these people that were breaking in. If he executed them, for example, well, yeah, maybe a murder charge would apply. But short of that, I don't understand how they came to this conclusion. I find it a really interesting case, and it does have a lot of people asking the question, how much force can you use to protect your home and your family? If somebody breaks into your home, yeah, can you kill them? Or can you only kill them if you or your family are in imminent danger? Right. And that, I think there's some nuance to it. I think that there's a lot more that we need to know about what happened in Milton over the weekend. Maybe a little yes. bit more about the shooter himself. What's his background like? I have to assume that if he's a legal gun owner, he probably doesn't have any criminal history. So what's what happened here? That's mm-hmm. what I don't get. Yeah, I, I as far as I know, and I'm a licensed gun owner too. full disclosure. If somebody breaks into my home and I feel threatened, I'm allowed to use that force. But there's also very strict rules about when you can and can't pull out your firearm, where and when you can point it or aim it. So I don't know. I I think that this might create some clarity, good or bad for people who are wondering, just like we are. Are you allowed to defend your home? If you tried to break into my house and you're stealing shit, can I just walk up behind you and stab you? Yeah. Or do you have to be facing me? Do I have to feel like, do I have to check and verify that you have a weapon? I don't know. All of these things that you mentioned, in the heat of those moments,
1: you can't go through a checklist, especially if your life is potentially in danger. If these people had gone into his home and planned to hurt him, his mother, I mean, whatever the situation was, you don't have a time to sit there and go through that checklist in your mind. Like, are they facing me? Can I do this? You know what I mean? You're obviously going to act. You're not the one doing something wrong. You didn't call them and say, come over and break into my house. You didn't do that. Like, to me, it's just so unfair that we're basically treating these criminals. And, and, and also, by the way, this is a nice little, oh, hey, are you a criminal? Do you break into people's homes? Don't worry, you won't be killed. So go ahead and do it. Keep doing it. You know, home invasions, do it. Because it's fine. They're not, they can't hurt you. Like, what, what kind horrible of a fucking signal is that? Like, what yeah. kind of a message is that to send? And it, make, and it would absolutely make anyone nervous. It makes me nervous, you know? And then it makes me think, do I have enough in, in place? Like, because I'll fuck someone up if I can. I will. Does that mean I'm going to be jailed for it? For protecting my family and my property? Like, that just seems ridiculous to me.
0: I know we're on a bit of a clock here. Kat's got some very busy days ahead of her, so we're (laughs) going to wrap this up soon. But there's just a couple more stories I want to get to. First off, pizza place down in Ohio, living the HR dream. I'm sure if you're in HR, particularly if you're in charge of hiring, you probably dread the thought of putting out a Help Wanted ad, interviewing prospective employees, trying to find the right one, training them. And then trying to retain them. It's a pain in the ass. Especially since some people are real idiots. (laughs) This pizza place. It's in Columbus. Decided. There's so many people out there. With such a poor work ethic. We're just going to put out a sign. Now hiring. Non-stupid people. Oh. Non-stupid people, we want you to apply to work here in this pizza restaurant. We can't have a bunch of fucking dummies running around with a 500-degree oven and knives everywhere. That makes perfect sense to me. Some people are upset about it. So now the owner has had to clarify what she meant by that sign. Listen to this.
1: It's more humor than anything. It's not meant to like target anyone like that or be rude. A lot of people that we've hired, there's really no worth ethic behind them. So I guess that's the meaning behind the non-stupid. Yeah, I mean, okay. Who? What business though wants to hire people who are incompetent? And that's, I think it's the wording that's that makes people upset. I could see that because if you had said, "If you're not competent, don't apply." That would have probably been an e- easier pill to swallow for a lot of people. It's the word "stupid" that people get really offended by. But
0: they, do stupid people know they're stupid? I don't.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't I th- think I they think do. If you if you can seriously listen to this and go, "Wow, I'm offended," and the because that's not that's dumb and that's you know whatever. Uh, you've worked with incompetent people, haven't you? And if you haven't, guess what? You might be the incompetent one. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm thinking, and. I mean, nobody wants to work with those people either. I'm thinking from an employee standpoint. Yeah, I don't want you to come and take a job and work next to me if you're useless. Go get out of here. I don't want to work next to you. I want to, I want hardworking people, too. So as an employee of this business, I would really appreciate it if my employer took the time to make sure the people they hired weren't stupid or incompetent, if that's an easier thing for you to hear. But yeah, nobody wants that. Do you know how many HR managers would love to say no stupid people applying? And I know that word can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So I understand the sensitivity and if that's what it's about, okay. But that's not what they're saying and that's certainly not what they mean. And I get that.
0: Some people are upset saying, why would I support a business that won't hire stupid people?
1: (laughs) you know, like I fuck. Just, it's such a silly thing to even to even complain about to me because they, they don't. There's no ill intent behind it. You're either a competent worker or you're not. That's it. And they don't want you if you're lazy, if you're not showing up on time, if you're screwing shit up all the time. We've all worked with those people. If I if I ran my own business where I employed many people, I don't want stupid people working for me either. No, don't submit your resume. And sometimes. A resume can be faked and made to look okay. And then you meet with them and you're like, ah, you wasted my time. You seem really stupid.
0: I think it's probably a good preemptive way to say serious inquiries, serious inquiries only. There's people out there who will just apply for anything. And if they happen to get it, great, they'll do it. And they're not really committed to it. They're just sort of floating around. But from the company's perspective, it's a lot of time and money to try and get you trained and working efficiently.
1: I've never used the like the job site platforms. Never used them in my life. Uh, when I when I got jobs, it just happened differently. I went in physically and put in a resume and from there I worked in radio and never had to like submit a resume. Okay. But apparently now, this is why I'm just learning about it now because I didn't know this. But apparently with these like monster sites and all these other workopolis and shit like that, you can set it up so that your resume automatically gets sent out with keywords. So someone posts about this, it's just like, bah, 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 my resume's in there. That... I don't like that. I I don't like that the platforms do that. I understand from their perspective, like, oh, the people will use us because the resume will automatically be in there. But what if you don't actually want that job? Like, it shows me that you're just automatically inserting your resume in there, but you're not thinking like, hey, Joe's Pizzeria. I've heard great things. That's the spot I want to work at. You know, there's no way to like differentiate yourself from someone else if you do stuff like that. I just don't like that. But apparently people just do that all the time. And then that's how you get the stupid people. That don't even know what they're applying for and then they get the job and like you said they're just like go with emotion but they're not passionate to be there you want employees that are at least passionate even if that means it's temporary there are definitely industries that have higher turnover we all know this in retail there's it does happen that way in restaurant even in fast food it does happen that way but some companies have done such a great job in promoting that as a stepping st- stool or stepping stone for individuals and that's great but for those who walk in there not knowing what's going on, not caring about the place. Of course they don't want you to work there. That's what they mean by stupid. That's it.
0: Pop singer slash R&B singer slash rapper Iggy Azalea was on the Emily Ratajkowski podcast. And I didn't even know that Emily had one. So that's the learning experience for all of us. And and Iggy was talking about how much money she's making from OnlyFans. Let me play just a little bit of this. This is a, a, a little motivation for pop singers who didn't make it. I sat on OnlyFans, I thought about that for about like four or five months, actually. And I will show my breasts or show nudity or I don't really have a problem with being like overtly sexual when I'm in control of it or I feel that it has artistic merit. Wait, so are you posting nudes? Yes, there is boobs and I am naked. Yeah, I'm naked. I'm making so much money that I won't even say how much it is. That's so sick.
1: Yeah, apparently you can make bank. You can make some real big bank.
0: 25 bucks a month she charges and, and I assume OnlyFans takes a cut of that. But even if OnlyFans is taking, I don't know, 20% of it, she's still making a lot of money. If she's got even a few thousand subscribers and she's taking home like 20 bucks a month, from each one of those people, she's making oh, insane
1: money. I think it's gonna be a lot more than that. I I really do. She she showed off like a new car she bought, like this really expensive car. It's gotta be like whatever, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and thanked OnlyFans for it. Like she's making a lot. She's making a lot of money off that site. Hmm. We've heard that that happens though. The people on OnlyFans that have a, a big audience, and again, I forget. I don't know how it works. I feel like we did research on this at one point, and then I don't know. I I forget. But I think once you're on there, it's like a, a a tiered platform of like, you can follow so many people or or you can do a la carte style. So maybe it's just a bunch of people adding Iggy and then she gets money that way, but they're already kind of paying a, a, a standard fee. I don't know how it works, but I just know that apparently she should make it a freaking killing.
0: It's an, Hey, if you can look in the mirror and be totally happy with what you're doing. Yeah. You can make great money doing that. It's just, it's not for everybody. I'm a little surprised to see Iggy who I thought had an aspiring career, that, that looked promising to go a long way in the music biz. Nah. She's basically not even caring about her music career anymore. She's just doing OnlyFans. And as long as she keeps creating content, she's going to keep making money. Good honor. She figured it out. Uh, last but certainly not least, and we don't have a whole lot of time for this, but I do want to wrap up with the results of a massive six-month study over in the UK. 61 companies participated in studying the four-day workweek. This six-month trial ran from June to December last year. The biggest in the world ever done. Findings show that companies reported revenue largely stayed the same, although it grew in some sectors. Most employees were less stressed and less burnt out. They had a better work-life balance. They used up less sick days and less vacation days. Cambridge University says these results are encouraging and should motivate the other companies to give the four-day work week a try. We talked about this. In fact, we are talking about this today on our radio shows. Whether you listen this morning on Energy 95.3 or 91.5 The Beat, or you're listening tonight on Fresh 93.1, or in the future, next week, we have another station to tell you about. (laughs) There's more. (laughs) (laughs) Told you we had an announcement this week, but there is... uh, Uh, A lot of people that instinctively look for the problem in this. And I don't know why that's our mindset. We're an incredibly progressive province that hates change. If you're thinking to yourself, no way, can't be done. Really, ask yourself, why can't it be done? Maybe look for ways that it could be done. So many people would message in this morning, for example, saying things like, I work in manufacturing, can't be done in manufacturing. Actually, manufacturing is where it excelled the most. You can do four longer days. You can leave people doing the same number of hours but spread out over four days instead of five. You could even shut down for that extra day because you've managed to meet your quota in four days instead of five. Mm-hmm. Save the hydro and the overhead. There's a lot of different ways it could work, and I think this is the way the world is going. I think that the whole work from home negotiation tactic that some employees want in any deal could also be replaced by a four-day work week in a lot of cases. So I think you should start exploring it. Look at ways that it could be done. Mm-hmm. Don't look for the reasons that it just can't yeah. be done without even thinking about
1: That's it. That's the thing is uh, trials are trials are happening all the time. Smaller businesses are catching on to this and finding that their employees are happier, sticking around longer, giving them great you know feedback scores when I say smaller businesses, I mean, even those in the hundreds, you know, they're trying this out. There's obviously like the bigger companies. I feel like there's going to be harder for some than others. Absolutely. But like you said, there's going to be pros. So if you try it, then you'll know for sure. You know, if you can manage to do a trial run on your slow season and every industry has some form of slow season or maybe multiple slow seasons, try it then. If summer months is that for you, Hey, you know what this summer, let's try. Everybody has Monday off. That's it. Do your work, be productive, let your clients know if, if there's clients involved or anybody else. We only do deliveries and things on this day. We, you know, that's what it is. Tuesday to Friday, that's what you work. If you have to stay late, please stay late because don't screw up on your work and screw it up for everybody else. Do what you have to do. But then your work-life balance is going to be so much better that way. I don't see why you can't at least give it a shot. For sure because a lot of people this is the feedback that we get constantly and i know of somebody who's doing this now this is their job is monday to thursday they have fridays off and they for now from now on and it was a trial run they did in the summer it went so well the employees only biggest problem it's not even a problem they had a hard time getting their employees to use their vacation time yeah because they felt so well rested and happy with their three-day uh, weekends that they were like can you please use some vacation time because guys like <laughs> you have to figure this out that if that's the biggest issue that that company had Hey, think about it. You never know. And it didn't hurt their business. It actually made them stronger.
0: It's also a lot greener that you're commuting four times instead of five. You'll use less gas. So your overhead goes down one less day of making or buying lunches. Oh, there's so many reasons that I think this is good. And and for all of our friends that work in government that are listening, you decision makers, government should leave the charge on this. If you are in the public sector, start looking at ways that you can get your employees doing the four-day work week. And once more people start doing it in the public sector, which is a massive workforce, then maybe it will start to filter Mm -hmm. into the private sector. And I think that's good for everybody. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Be careful in that snow. This storm that's coming is no joke. It's going to be real slippery. They think a lot of people are going to lose power, possibly for a few days. So be prepared. Have your... I don't know. You either have an emergency kit or you don't. If you don't have one, I don't think today's the day you're running out to Canadian Tire to buy flashlights.
1: Maybe not, but if this could be a reminder for you, you might want to try to do something like that. Where Maybe. can I get a
0: generator in a hurry? <laughs>
1: Maybe, Or at least something to charge your phone. <laughs> at least something to charge your phone. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.